Welcome back to another episode of Ask the Dentist. I'm Dr. B. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for the opportunity to be able to answer your questions. I really do appreciate that, and I know that you do as well. So good relationship, right? That's working so far. Really, and, and speaking of that, I would not have thought of presenting this or educating Instagram readers or or writing a blog post about this on our website, askthedentist.com, if it wasn't for Megan's question today. And that's the beauty of asking a dentist, right? I mean, asking me a question, there are things that pop up that I just wouldn't have thought are relevant to educating my viewers and listeners. And the reason I'm saying this is because this happens all the time, the thing that Megan's going to be asking about. So anyway, let's get right into it. There's probably a lot to discuss. It's something that is very common and it is applied and used every time you get a dental filling done. And there are some things that it can cause after the fact. And it's confusing for patients because the pain is delayed. And so it's it's really worth discussing that way. And really, it should be discussed before the filling gets done. And and I would often do this in my practice because I would look at it and know in advance that this is going to be tricky getting this, and again, we're going to talk more about it, but this form or band around the tooth to get the filling properly placed. So anyway, before I say anything more, other than this is a really great question and it's important because it'll, it'll alleviate a lot of, a lot of anxiety and it'll explain a lot. And most of you that have had a filling will go, aha, that's what that was. Anyway, here is Megan's question. I recently had a filling done and four days after having had the work done, I began to have very serious gum sensitivity. I have more cavities to be filled and I wonder if I should be looking at a different approach for the health of my gums. Can you speak to that? Thanks. Megan, this is a great question and I'm sorry you had pain Four days after you had your filling done, I can hear in your voice a lot of trepidation. You are hesitating going back. You're hoping that I can give you some solution as to another way of doing a filling. And and yes and no, I, I will be able to. But I will be able to explain what happened. There are probably two or three different possibilities. And if this can be addressed by your treating dentist, then there should be no problem. But anyway, let, let me first give you some background. By the way, this happens a lot. It happens so much that I typically will tell a patient that the gums may be a little irritated. But typically, it's for the first scenario, that is the night of. And I actually ask them to rinse preemptively with salt water, a super saturated solution of salt water. If, for, for those of, the, of you that don't know what that is, that is a glass of water, 8 ounces, 10 ounces, 11 ounces, doesn't matter, hot water, warm water, dissolve salt, high quality salt into that glass until it no longer dissolves. In other words, you're still seeing or eventually you see little salt crystals at the bottom and those are not dissolving away. That is a super saturated solution of salt water. And that's a great thing to rinse with after you've had trauma in the mouth from surgery, canker sores, whatever. I've, I've blogged about that. You can go, I'll, I'll try and find a link for that, kind of the rationale of why that works so well and put it in the show notes. So, so that's scenario one. Scenario two happens on the third or fourth night 
or fifth night. That's a foreign body response. I'll explain to you what that is. And then there's kind of a mixture of the two, and, and I'll talk about that as well. So it all starts with the process of putting in the filling. And I'm going to try and explain this as best as I can, and I'm going to try and you know do that in a visual way so we can all picture this. When we do a two-surface or a three-surface or a, let's just say a multi-surface filling, more than one surface, we need to wrap a band around the tooth. Uh, the analogy I use for my patients as I'm putting it in their mouth, I'm saying, okay, now, and especially sometimes they'll ask, what's that? And again, you should always ask as a patient, I'm a firm believer of this concept, Bill of Patients, Bill of Rights. One thing is you should know and be, and be able to ask without any hesitancy or any shaming why and what's going on. And again, I would, when you go back to the dentist, find out what kind of band they're using. You'll see what the implications are of which band as I speak about this and, and ask what caused that pain four days later. Here's my theory based on what you heard here. And then, and then they can, you guys can talk about it and then, and this will prevent it from happening again. Again, it's all about the technique of putting in the filling. So a one surface filling does not need a band. One surface filling, we call this a class one cavity or filling. We go in into the grooves of the tooth on the biting surface of the tooth and we carve out where the decay is and there are walls all around that cavity prep, that little hole that we create by taking our drill, we call it a handpiece, <laughs> with a little drill bit in it, we call it a burr. We go in there and we clean out the decay and that hole that we've created by cleaning out and removing the decay is completely encircled by walls. So it's fillable. In other words, we can jam in, pour in, spatulate in, syringe in a plastic filling. Hopefully you're not getting metal fillings done. Everything I'm saying applies to a metal filling as well. Slight differences, but essentially the same thing. But let's stick with plastic fillings because that's really what we should be getting because it's safer. So as we put the filling in, we don't have to worry that it oozes out. And and as we cure the filling material with the ultraviolet light, we know that it's going to stay in place and we can carve it and shape it and give it anatomical features so that it, it blends in with the tooth. In fact, no one's going to see it. And it actually, a good filling is, is made in such a way that it has mimics natural tooth anatomy. And why? So that we can digest food properly so that all that anatomy, as it touches the adjacent, as it interacts with the adjacent tooth, these are called sluiceways and cusp contours. And all of that is basically a mortar and pistol. It, it is a way of breaking down food. So the contour of the tooth, as well as the filling that we put in, it's good to put a lot of natural, what we call secondary tertiary anatomical features in there. We just don't want to slam it in there, flatten it, and, and then polish it and be done with it. So anyway, so that can be done on a one surface. Now, what if it's a two surface? What if the cavity is coming in from the side of the tooth? This is hard to explain. I wish I had a laser pointer and, and a visual aid here, but let's say most cavities, most class two cavities or fillings, which is a as you can imagine or guess, is a two-surface filling. This is a very common cavity that occurs in between the teeth. And because they're in between the teeth, I have no access with my, my burr and my handpiece and, and so that I can make it a one-surface filling because there's a tooth next to it. It's in the way. So I have to come in from above and remove the cavity. And that means there are two surfaces. The surface that I've removed from the top to gain access to the side 
cavity or, or hole where the, where the decay is. And then you've got the side surface. So how do I put a filling in there without the filling material flowing in to the embrasure and to the space that is created by two teeth joining and getting, and how do I prevent gluing the teeth together? And well, I wrap a band around the tooth. This is called a Toffelmeyer band, a composite band. We have lots of different names for it. They come in mylar. They come pre-shaped with anatomical features. If it's a big, wide space that was created to get to the decay, just stretching a band around the tooth gives the 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 surface, the that exterior contour of the surface, a very flat kind of anatomical plane, which is not good for the gums. You want that tooth surface to be you want to mimic what was there to begin with, which is a very convex surface. So that's where we get these preformed anatomical bands. The metal bands are malleable. We have little instruments where we can shape and stretch and pull out and make that. Once the filling is placed, we can make that surface very convex. So the analogy I use is a cement form. It's probably not a universally good good analogy but you know before you pour a concrete sidewalk or a concrete wall you create a form and then you pour the concrete in there you let it set and then you tear away usually it's wood you tear away the form and you've got a beautiful product that's what this band is for well that band can be over tightened the metal bands can have little edges on it the metal bands can be put in in such a way that when they're removed, there's an open contact. These are all the things that can go wrong. I'm going to expand on this. Debris from the metal or plastic filling can be left behind. The band can be shoved in in such a way that you literally slice open the papillae. There'll be a lot of bleeding. And then, of course, that's a very painful thing. That usually occurs that night. And even, let's say, you've got a little marginal gingivitis, the beginnings of gum disease. Anytime you provocate that gum, just by touching it, it's going to bleed. It's, it's not necrotic tissue yet, but it's, it's beginning to become necrotic. Its blood supply is, is very active there. There's, there's inflammation, which means there's bleeding. It's a very friable, sensitive tissue. And when you touch it with a band or with a probe or with floss or brushing, a lot of us experience this. You know, we floss and we see blood on the floss or we see blood when we spit out in the sink. That's the beginnings of gum disease. So, assuming that you're putting a band around the tooth, and again, the tissue may be inflamed because there was a cavity there for a long time and the tissue responds to that by sending a lot of blood to that area and becoming inflamed and therefore has the tendency to bleed. So, putting the band around it is going to be sensitive. It's going to be tender. It's going to cause bleeding. If the band is put in incorrectly or rough it will cut the tissue. That takes a long time to heal. That's usually the night of. That would explain pain the night of. If it's three or four days later, that's debris, debris from the process. And the body takes a while, the immune system takes a while to respond to that. Could be a small metal filling, a piece of plastic. It could be a thin layer of resin the glue that we use to glue in plastic fillings. It can be a piece of the, the wedge. I didn't explain the wedge. The wedge is something we put in between the teeth to spread them a little bit apart from each other so there's room to put the band around the tooth. These wedges come in plastic. They come in wood. A piece of that can break off and can get wedged in there. A foreign body reaction can be caused by anything. You could be eating popcorn and the hull of one partially popped kernel can slide in. It's kind of got this suction cup-like effect. It slides down the cusp and works its way into the gum line. If you don't catch it with floss in three or four days, you're going to have excruciating pain just by the presence of that deep in the pocket. 
again, that's foreign debris. The body can't break it down. It really almost seems like it's warning you about that area because the minute it comes out, you almost it's almost instantaneous relief. We call that a foreign body reaction. I can't tell you how many emergency phone calls I've gotten. And based on what the patient said, I just said, listen, tie a knot in the floss, pull the knot through the area that's hurting. And, and then I wait for them to do that. And within minutes, the pain's gone. They pulled out something, some foreign debris. I was asking them if they had popcorn. If they say they've had popcorn in the last few weeks, that's how long it takes typically. If they went to see a movie, then I ask them to do that. And they they either see it on the floss, they can feel it coming out. The, the relief is almost immediate. So, so that would be a delayed reaction. And then there's this third scenario of a combination of, of both. And so what I'm saying is that it's typically related Related to the technique of putting in a two or multi-surface filling. And again, it's tricky to do, especially plastic fillings, very technique sensitive for the dentist. It's best done in a dry field. Also, there are clamps. This happens a lot after root canal. Again, I know you asked about a filling, but when we put a rubber dam on, these clamps can really pinch tissue if they're put on incorrectly and or if they slide down, cinch down a little bit. A lot of this, this is what we call post-op pain. So all the devices and things we use to produce a clinically superior, long-lasting product, filling, whatever it may be, these are the things that will cause pain. So what I would do is I would bring this up with your dentist, tell them what happened, tell them it was delayed, it was on the third or fourth day and that you were very concerned and, and you're hesitant to do the next filling because of that. And and also, and I know this isn't always possible, but if there's pain on the fourth day, I would insist if you have to, hopefully you don't have to, but I would insist on getting in that day because there are a lot of things the dentist can do for you or the hygienist, even, even a dental assistant. They will be able to take a look. Seeing is is everything. And of course, that's one of the unique things about the mouth. I can't see into my own mouth. I can't I can't diagnose things in my mouth because I can't see in my mouth. I am the patient. And so by having someone else look, then usually you can get to the answer and get out of pain quickly. And then if you have an answer, then you can prevent that from happening the next time around. And Megan, I think also you asked if there's anything different you can do. And really, we cannot do a multi-surface filling without putting that band on. So all you can do is ask, what do you think caused it? And can we be careful with the band? Make sure the area is flushed out. After the filling, maybe tie a few knots into your floss, drag that through the contact where the work was done. Here's one other possibility that I didn't talk about. And this typically happens months later, or at least weeks later. So it may not apply to you unless it's a very large version of what I'm going to mention. And that is an overhang. Two things, overhang and open contact. So what is an overhang? If the band isn't correctly applied to the natural uncut surfaces of the tooth, and if the wedge is not placed correctly, the wedge pushes the teeth apart, as I mentioned, but it also pushes the wedge up against the, what we call the cavo surface of the tooth. How do I say that? The untouched surfaces. And we're using the untouched surfaces of the tooth to create a form for this band as we stretch it around the tooth. So if, if it's not tight and conformed properly, then as we apply the material, especially an amalgam, that gets obturated in. It gets pushed in under a lot of pressure, metal fillings, but also plastic fillings too. That will ooze past the bottom part of the prep, 
the, the hole that we created when we drilled in the tooth. And when the band gets removed, there's a big blob of excess material there. Again, it's like flash. We call it a, it's just a piece sticking out. It's visible in the x-ray. It's, it's, you can feel it with an explorer, those little pointy things that we use to feel and touch things. You can hear it. It's like a little tick or a, a little excessive material that's that's that you can feel with the instrument and you can even feel it with floss so if if you go in there and the floss gets caught after a filling that means you have that overhang it's excess material you can see it on the x-ray it would look like a hook at the bottom part of the filling and and that over time can irritate the gums and cause pain but that's not four days unless it's massive and then and it's that usually can maybe that overhang has broken off and then it becomes that loose debris in the pocket. And that's when you get that delayed response of three to four days and that extreme amount of pain. The other thing, and and this is pretty common, after, especially after a plastic filling. Again, plastic fillings are more technique sensitive than metal fillings. And I used to see this a lot. And essentially, it means you have to do the filling over again. So when I saw someone come in and they were complaining about food getting caught, and the first thing I would ask or look for was, were, were plastic fillings done recently? And then they would say yes. And this can also happen with a crown, by the way, but let's stick to fillings. So the filling was put in, but the wedge and the band weren't placed correctly so that when everything was removed, there was a gap in between the tooth that was worked on with the two or three surface filling and the adjacent tooth. And the gap is is almost the thickness of that band, that form that we've been talking about that comes out after the filling is done. And there's no contact. And without that contact and with that very small space that was created by the dental work being insufficient. The amount of bulk of the plastic filling isn't there and the, and the procedure was not done correctly. That open contact, you'll start getting food caught right after the first meal, especially stringy foods like fibrous foods, uh, celery and vegetables and, and meats, stringy meats, and they'll get caught in between the teeth. And then in a few days, you get that foreign body reaction unless you're able to floss it out. Typically, then I would ask the patient to put knots I would single knot it, double knot it. There's a way to tie two knots that tie down onto each other. So it's not successive knots. It's the bulk of two or three knots all at that at that one location in the floss. And as you pull, as you drop the floss in between the contacts and drag it through, you're pulling out massive pieces of food. So we call that an open contact, and that happens often. So if that's the case, and that would be a pity, of course. The, the only way to fix that is by redoing the filling. So, so if if you ever have an open contact after a filling, especially if you had a very tight contact before the filling, something's gone wrong. The teeth may shift, but you don't want that to happen. But you will get a lot of gum pain. So again, it's about the band. It's about the technique. The band can irritate the gum. The filling can be put in incorrectly. There can be an overhang. You can get food caught, open contacts. It's really the way to know this is based on when the pain comes. So if it's early on that night, then that's just the procedure itself. And if it goes away, you're fine. And if you have a tight contact that flosses well, you're fine. That will heal. And the salt water will promote that, will speed up that process. But if it's delayed three or four days later, even a month later, 
you have an open contact, there's some debris in there, it's going to hurt. It's really going to be painful. Throbbing, gum pain, not very easily localized by the patient, but you'll be able to know if it's an upper, lower, and which quadrant. But again, and if you floss and you see bleeding there, the gum is irritated by something left over from the process, by the filling being there. Something went wrong, and that's not a natural thing. And is it possible to have a filling done and have no pain whatsoever afterwards? Absolutely. I sometimes would do fillings on patients actually quite often, no anesthesia, no numbness. That forces me as a clinician to put that band on very carefully because I don't want the patient to feel it. And remember, the band goes all the way around the tooth and you really only need it in that one area where you've carved everything out, where the filling or the, the cavity is or was. But again, that sharp metal band, if it's metal, or even the mylar band, that's wrapped around completely around the tooth and it's touching the gum in all those areas. So in healthy gums, it's possible to slip that in there with no pain, no feedback and no pain afterwards. Again, it's all about the technique and what was done and hopefully it was done properly. So if there's any question about that, I would get a second opinion on the filling that was put in and rule that out before you're going back. You may be seeing a dentist that's not able to do it correctly and you wouldn't want to repeat that. So maybe a second opinion in this case would be a good thing to do. Anyway, I hope that answers the question. Pretty common. I would say this happens. I think almost every patient I've spoken to has a story that after a filling is done, there's some kind of pain or it was a little irritated. And, and that's the most common category. It would be the night of. It's, it's much less frequent, thank goodness. And in the hands of a good dentist, it shouldn't happen at all. It would be once in a blue moon that something causes pain four or five days later. So, Megan, I hope, I hope that's helpful. And I hope the next few fillings that you have go are much better and, and don't give you any pain the, the night of or, or, you know, many, many days down the road. Typically, the pain the night of is, is the better one to have because that's, that's just an irritation from the procedure. If you're having it four or five days later or a month later, that's typically something that has to be redone or has to be addressed right away. Megan, this this was a, a great question for me. This episode was was great for me because it reminds me we take for granted. Again, I'm a patient, so when I'm in the dental chair, I know exactly what's going on because I have visualized it over three and a half decades, and and I know what's going on as I hear it and feel it. And I think we take for granted that the patient knows what we're doing, and they don't because they've never seen it happen. They can't even. I remember going to dental school and looking inside the mouth and going, whoa, this was, you know, some of it was what I kind of visualized, but most of it was like much, much different. This is a dark area that we really don't have access to unless you become a dentist or a dental hygienist. So really good to, to, to be reminded of this. And, and that's what I liked about the question. Patient gets a filling done and then they go home and then a few days later it hurts. And how would you even begin to know what that was? So again, perfect illustration of why it's so important to ask, to ask a question, to ask the dentist. And again, hence the name of our website and our Instagram account, everything. I, it, at first, I thought it was a corny name when we came up with it. I think it was 12, 13 years ago, but now it, it makes sense every time, once a day at least, because we get asked so many questions, it 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 has prompted people to ask or, or it, it's empowered them to ask. Ask your dentist. 
That's the take-home message here. If you don't know, ask your dentist. Even if you think you know, and before a procedure, always ask. And the good dentists and the good hygienists, the good dental assistants, they are there. They are more than willing to answer your questions. So if you have any questions, of course, keep asking. If you want to look in your mouth, get a flashlight. I recommend, you know, now we have cameras. We have intraoral cameras. I've seen people putting smaller iPhones in their mouth and recording videos. We've got the internet. Some of these Instagram accounts, you know, you 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 see you can see surgeries. Uh, I would encourage you that the more you can visualize the inside of your mouth, the better you're going to be at brushing and flossing and and knowing what's right and what's wrong and if the gums are bleeding, what to do. And visualizing is everything. We're we're very visual beings. Most of the input we get to our brain comes through our eyes. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. Back when I became a dentist in 80, well, I entered dental school in 83, there was no internet. <laughs> I'm serious. Try and picture that, right? Anyway, if you have a question, reach out to us. We would love to hear hear your voice and and find out what's what's bugging you. Go to speakpipe.com at slash ask the dentist. Again, that's speakpipe.com slash ask the dentist. And if you have any general inquiries or or just want to read more about oral health, go to askthedentist.com. And again, if you're looking for a functional dentist, someone that will explain this to you, someone who hopefully is using plastic fillings only, don't, don't, don't take a metal filling. I probably don't say that enough. And again, about 40 to 50% of the fillings done in the U.S. still are metal with silver and mercury in it. That's a neurotoxin, especially for your children. Do not always ask. That's the first question you should ask after you've been told you have a cavity. Well, first question should be, is it small? Can I remineralize it? Second question is, what are you going to fill it with? So again, if you want to go to a dentist that's going to put the right material in there, go to our directory, go to askthedentist.com slash directory, and you'll be able to find a functional dentist that will explain it to you. And and I think things will go much better. So again, I appreciate the privilege of of being here and and you listening. It's very meaningful to me and I, I hope you're getting a lot out of it. Again, I get a lot of feedback and and it's very comforting to hear what you have to say. If you have any, any kind of feedback, I would love to know. Reach out to me at mark at askthedentist.com. And uh, certainly if you have a question, go to that SpeakPipe uh, link and ask your question. I'm here for you. See you in the next episode. Great question, Megan. Thanks. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search our Find a Dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.